I say, I say, I say, how many surrealists does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. How many surrealists does it take to change a light bulb? A fish. I say, I say, I say, what's the difference between a summer shower and a lion with toothache? I don't know. What is the difference between a summer shower and a lion with toothache? One pours with rain and the other roars with pain. Oh, shoot me now. I say, I say, I say, what lies at the bottom of the ocean trembling. I don't know. I don't. I do. It's a no, it's a nervous I say, I say, I say, what do you call a woman who balances a pint glass on her, on, on her boobs? I don't know. What do you call a woman who balances a pint glass on her boobs? Beatrix. How many more of these have we got? I think there's one more coming, and I think I know what it is. God. <laughs> yeah. And now for the biggest bad joke of the evening, it's the Staggering Stories podcast. a joke. Did I? What do you call a woman who balances a pint glass on her boobs whilst playing snooker? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Beatrix Potter. Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, welcome, 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 dear listeners, one and all, to this, the latest in a long line of Staggering Stories podcasts. I'm Crumbly. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. And I, yes, I am... Quite sweet, actually. Oh. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> yeah, Thank I like you. to keep you on your toes. Yeah. You've completely non plus Keith now. You thought you were going to say he's, something. He's here looking confused and a bit worried. <laughs> You're not dying, are you? Don't <laughs> 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 <You're> die. <dying. laughs> anyway, without further ado, bad jokes besides, it's the news with El Presidente. Doctor Who news. Big Finish invokes the spirit of Norris McWhorter. <laughs> Prolific audiomongers Big Finish have been awarded a Guinness World Record for the longest running science fiction audio play series. On the face of it, that doesn't sound like a category with a lot of competition. The series in question is Big Finish's original Doctor Who monthly range, which recently finished after 275 releases over the span of 22 years. Good luck anyone trying to beat that, though apparently dedication is all you need. (laughs) Sylvester McGoy said of this... McGoy? I'll say that again. (laughs) Sylvester McCoy said of this... 40 years ago in a show called An Evening with Sylvester McCoy, The Human Bomb, we pretended I was in the Guinness World Records book. That was a lie. Now, by association with Big Finish, I am in it. That's the truth. Brilliant. I'm so proud to be, and so proud to be in the company of all who share this honour. Sadly, Roy Castle wasn't on on hand to present them with a box of soft centres, but perhaps both he and his old mucker, Norris McWhorter, were there in spirit. If you hear a ghostly trumpet when you next listen to a big Finnish play, you'll now know why. 
Why a box of soft centres? I honestly don't know. I assumed it was a rude joke I hadn't got. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dalek invasion? No, Doctor and the Daleks, or whatever it's called. The film? Oh, Where he played Ian Justin in the soft centre? Never mind. Yeah, that, that one was lost. <laughs> you have to explain it to yeah. me. Yeah, it's not as funny. Not no. good. Some people will get it. Mm, no, no one will. No. <laughs> Star Trek. New film finally happening? Paramount recently released an updated schedule for their upcoming films, and many were surprised to see a new Star Trek film appear on that list, dated for the 9th of June 2023. The last time Star Trek bothered the big screen was back in 2016 with Star Trek Beyond, the third film in J.J. Abrams' 2009 Kelvin Timeline series. Little is currently known other than Abrams will be back as producer. Tarantino's much-talked-about involvement appears to be over, and it is uh, less than clear if the reboot cast of Pine, Quinto, Urban and Co. will be back. It will probably be unwise to put money on that release date being hit too. Nevertheless, this could be good news for fans of silver screen red shirts everywhere. <laughs> the last time they bothered the silver screen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed them. So did I. Yeah. Adam is a yeah. great fart. Yeah. No, it was quite good. It was quite good, although it did really badly in the box office. Yeah, yeah, yeah for some did. strange reason. Again, yeah. no, nobody <laughs> went to see it, but uh, it was. I think it was one of the better ones. Certainly mm. closest to uh, the classic series with a punch-up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whether the much-touted idea of uh, getting Chris Hemsworth back as um, yeah, Kirk's father, I mean, sort of whether that's going to go ahead or whether it's just going to be um, kind of ling that. lingering in production hell. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that one's going to be lingering simply because both of the Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth's stars have sort of exploded over the past couple of years. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They can't afford. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough for them to get the, uh, the the reboot cast back. I know they are struggling to get Chris Pine involved again. So that's a no, then? I think so. I Who knows? Think. We don't know. Maybe the others will... Uh, Persuade him. Have we any addendums? I have an addendum. Oh, oh really? Okay. I do. There was this Zoom meeting going on, a climate change group. Right. And while they were in the middle of um, basically discussing how to transform poo into a useful substance, a name appeared on the screen of their Zoom meeting. Peter Capaldi. Ooh. All right. And the uh, woman in charge assumed someone was just titting about. And then Peter Capaldi appeared looked very confused and went away again. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, dialed into the wrong Zoom meeting and caused much hilarity. And Aww. apparently they've reached out to his people for comments. So turning poo into energy, what happened to Tigger and Piglet? And... Well, Piglet will be a sandwich. <laughs> oh, we're a bacon mm, sorry. And we'll release Tigger into the wild. Ah. I have a couple, a couple Ooh. of addendum dum 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 Oh, the sandwich there is going to be a new art book released, a new Star Wars Star Wars art book, but this mm -hmm. one featuring Disney the designs for Disney Parks Galaxy's Edge. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So it's all it's out to already, isn't it? I, I I don't know. It might be later. It's just popped up on my feed. But yes, yeah, so it's a sort of uh, all the um, different designs and models. And for Batu, yeah, 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 for for Batu, the, the uh, uh, Disney parks. Yeah, I must get hold of a copy. Yet, having been there, it's going to be called the Art of Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. Mm -hmm. So it's lots of lovely Star Wars style paintings because they the art books are always very good. 
for the mm. films. And I, I can't see why this one wouldn't be any yeah. less. More so because the playthings actually have to be fortified and exist. They, and they do. I've been there. Yeah. About the last thing I did before lockdown. He was. He was there. <laughs> he was there. Also, Alien. 1979's Alien. Have you always been disappointed about the way it ended? No. <laughs> You can change that ending. Oh, are you actually oh, yeah. reading this out in front of me? No, no, I'm not. No, I'm is not. this an alternate ending to Alien? No, this is a board game. Oh, oh okay. It is. You be still in her underwear. It is called <laughs> Alien: The Fate of the Nonstromo. Oh. So you, you, uh, there, there are various cards and tokens debating the alien and uh, Ash. But all the other characters are playable, and it's it's a board game. So people could live happily ever after. There is a potential. <laughs> for, there is the potential for the entire crew to get off alive. There is also the potential for the entire crew to be completely and utterly oh, wiped out. Say, if we're going to yep. buy this and play it, I'm killing Ripley straight away. <laughs> <laughs> and Jonesy is out of the airlock. Oh yeah, <laughs> be Jonesy. You can be Jonesy. He comes with a. Uh, a, uh, the the play map is the the nonstromo of the the various mm-hmm. deck levels of the nonstromo. You can play as Lambert, Parker, Brett, Dallas, Dallas, or Ripley. They all <laughs> have various different skills that they bring to the game. The idea behind it is actually a more of a cooperative game because you're <laughs> you're against the alien, which is governed by tokens and tokens and movement and We're random dice We're not good at cooperative roles. games. <laughs> <laughs> No, we are not. <laughs> they tend to be really difficult. Mm-hmm. They they do tend for us. They tend to be uh, very difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's because we kill each other <laughs> often <laughs> and always. It's more fun that way. It is. Yeah, it is. Any more addendums? One Good final grief. He's got addendum, addendum coming out I've of got every another, orifice. I've got another addendum, and it is an alien-related addendum. Are you sure? Okay. Check. Are you reading the same one again? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I am desperately trying to find it because I've just closed the damn tab. Did you just make it up as you were <laughs> no, going along? No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> just, just play a hum. Do some music. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Have you found it? I found it's it. It's definitely not the same it's one. It's definitely not the same one. Go ahead. You, yes, you can now wear high end alien fashion. Oh, God. I've seen uh-huh. a picture of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Try to over the head, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't going to work well on all no, I'm just, I'm just no, showing, no, no. I'm just showing them. <laughs> I can't even tell what it is. It's meant to be an alien body yeah, dress. Or dress. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm well, not sure that would suit me. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's new, uh, horrifyingly new, stylish dra- uh, jackets, dresses, and much more. Geiger esque. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Mm, so you, can also, you can also get a. Giggle. <laughs> <laughs> you can also get an alien-esque pair of sunglasses in a special that delete. That actually looks like um, the Monsters, Inc. receptionist. You know, the one who uh, is annoyed with Mike Wachowski. Oh, yes. That's like Dame Edwidge but a bit darker. Oh. I mean, it's more along the lines of fetish wear than anything else. But it, it's the company. Well, yeah. what, what got me mostly is the company that's bringing it out. Oh, yeah. La Femme et Noire. 
Ah. Okay. Noir. 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 They've got an alien license and they're printing dresses, jackets, sunglasses. Thanks for that, Keith. That's okay. I hope I've made your day. And that's the end of the news. Now, a couple of weeks ago, when we were deciding what to review for this week's podcast, Keith mm-hmm. recommended They Live. Um, um, yes, no. it, was it John, John Carpenter's no. They Live? John you, Carpenter's you, they, you, you Are you saying suggested. I would recommend this pile of tosh? <laughs> I think you wanted to subject pain on other people because you were in a bad mood. This is true. Two weeks ago, I recommended we watch John Carpenter's <laughs> They Live. Pause for music. Now, over the many, many years I have been alive, I have watched some crap films. (laughs) I have watched some cult films that were just brilliant. I've watched some films that were so rubbish, they were hilarious. And then I watched this one. And (laughs) despite us being mocked on Facebook for having never seen it before and people going, oh, my God, it's a cult film, it's brilliant. This was the biggest (laughs) pile of, oh, my God, this was the worst film I've ever seen. And it was so bad, so bad, it wasn't even funny. Only one line in this actually made me laugh. And that was when our, quote, hero said, life's a bitch and she's back in heat. I'm, yeah, not, I'm, sure if, I'm not sure if I thought that was hilarious or if that's the point I just gave up completely. But I, I did actually so, put my head under the duvet and giggle. I wouldn't say it was bad. I mean, a lot of it was done very tongue-in-cheek, though. That's the only thing. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. that, that didn't come across to me. It came across as if they were taking themselves too seriously. <laughs> the the best a thing a mixture, about the film it? was the effect with the aliens that was fantastic and genuinely mm. creepy well, i really enjoyed that again remember crap I, eyesight things like probably that probably eyesight there the masks look pretty terrible to me but okay. no, they, well, they were yeah so what did you chaps think not at all what i expected what were you expecting i never really heard of it before so all i knew of it was the the poster yeah. which is a picture mm-hmm. of presumably roddy piper. rowdy roddy piper yeah roddy, looking rowdy over a pair of sunglasses piper. with uh what looks like a zombie reflected in the sunglasses mm, that's right like, yeah. okay it's a zombie film clearly mm. and they live makes sense but yeah. it's not that at all it's daily invasion it is <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i have never seen this before but i do know of it i know of its reputation mm. of yes. being a classic film <laughs> unfortunately i would say more of a cult film uh, <laughs> sorry you pronounced the word wrong and <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately um i i think that we we are united we are of one mind <laughs> on this one <laughs> obey um, obey well, <laughs> the, 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 the main characters how are they they're not overly burdened with a about full of te- intelligence. No, they're a bit thick. <laughs> thick is an understatement. Oh, and he's so bad. I mean, the first up to the raid on the church um, when he found when he got hold of the sunglasses and realised mm. what was going on, or well, didn't mm-hmm. realise, just knew something quirky was going on. I was coping up till then. It was a bit crap, but it wasn't, wasn't really, really bad. But then when he walked into the bank and delivered that line, 
I've come to kick ass and chew gum and I'm all mm. out of gum. And I, I, I felt a part of my soul die. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that line quoted and I didn't yeah. know where it came from. Well, now yeah. I I thought, when it came on here, I thought, are they referencing that line from somewhere else? It came from here. I was amazed. <laughs> we've got like a 15-month-old grandson who... You know, he's a 15-month-old. He is he not rolls yet. Downhill. He does. He's not yet vocal completely, mm-hmm. but he could have delivered that line better. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing so I do awful. remember is um, it was based on a, you know, the same title you know, made back in the late 1950s, early 1960s. It was based on a short story, yeah, wasn't it? It, it? it says in the credits yeah. that it's based on yeah, a short story. Yeah, 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Short That's story, it. Yeah. And Whereas um, the original version was very much yeah, uh, McCarthy area, reds under the beds, and all uh, that sort of thing. I, I can see that. Yeah, um, this version it's more it's more a parody and uh, sort of a Mickey take of um, consumerism and um, yeah, people sort of blindly following leaders and such. Well, the the whole mm. thing with the uh, the big uh, banquet at the end with the uh, the traitor mm. humans, all the rich mm. boys the, and girls, the even thicker traitor humans. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Whereas when you look through the glasses, you see uh, yeah, Rowdy Roddy. Piper holding that bunch of her banknotes and it says this is your god yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um you know all the various billboards saying you sort of marry and reproduce uh, obey mm, that's it mm. another another huge disappointment for this although not so bad because she's been many 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 a, a camp villain villain it was uh, meg foster who was one of the original cagneys from cagney and Lacey. she oh, uh, really she played the the could have been the love interest but wasn't she was just a traitor <laughs> it's when she did her put her hair up oh yeah because all the way through she had her hair down flowing when you know, she, was go- she was going to be the love interest we were worried about her safety but then at the end where she'd suddenly decided she was a baddie she put her hair up in a, a knot which clearly okay. means she's evil well she did in uh, he-man and masters of the she universe did exactly and she the also same thing and she also did in uh, hercules as hero when, when she was hero yeah yeah, yeah the hair was up the hair so. goes up you know shit's she's a villain the fan She's yeah. a villain. I wonder if she's like that at home. <laughs> oh, God! I wonder if her, her other half sitting there reading the paper and watching the telly and she comes in with her hair up and they think, oh, oh. crap. <laughs> so can anyone think of anything in this film that was genuinely good? The end bits with the uh, prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell it was an 80s film, the gratuitous boob shot. Oh, yeah. See, I, I know I meant to think that this film's funny and yeah, I'd watch it, but I don't think there's enough alcohol in the world. <laughs> I mean, I've seen idiot films before, you know, I, I love The Forbidden Planet, Plan 9 from Outer Space, but this. Oh, no. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. The Attack of the 50 Foot <laughs> Woman, you know. <laughs> All those you sit and you giggle your way through this, you sit mm-hmm. and go, oh, God, I want to stamp on it. And, and he ruined and... Mark Singer for me. Oh, tight jeans. This was the 80s. In the 80s, yeah. you yeah. know. 88. Early 80s, I was hitting puberty and going through. And Mark Singer was the first actor to make me go, ooh, ooh, because he had very, very tight <laughs> jeans. And Rowdy Roddy What's-His-Face also had tight jeans, but he doesn't fill them anywhere near as much as Mark Singer did. <laughs> and another thing, I must, yeah, another thing I must point out is, I mean, why is it that um, XWWF wrestlers always try to make a career in films once their uh, career in wrestling is finished? I mean, because you have Rowdy Roddy Piper, yeah, Hulk Hogan, and now The Rock. Yeah, yeah. Well, because WW uh, wrestlers aren't real wrestlers, they're 
actors to begin with. Mm. Oh, and yeah. it's just a sort of a, another logical sideways step. It's just a different form of performance. And it did make for a good punch-up scene. Mm. When they oh, did very work. long punch-up scene. Uh, quite a very long... <laughs> it felt like 20 minutes. It's actually about six, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed that, just seemed that long. Yeah. yeah. So something else I can't understand. I, the guy's going to punch me, so you just put the glasses on and damn him, you have to walk the other way. Okay, I'm wearing the glasses. Mm. Happy now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the one thing that irritated me about this film is everything is coincidence. It falls on to a yeah. pattern of coincidences. Yeah. He just happens to fall apart. Um, what is it? Yeah. Kidnap the girl who yeah. works at the station. He just happens to be, be ne- shacked up next to the church. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, there's yeah. there's yeah. no. Find a hidden cubby hole and. Yeah. yeah. There is no through line. There is no plot. It's just, oh, this happens now. Oh, this happens next. Yeah. It goes A, B, C. There's no sort of plot to drag it through to that. And, True. And it needed dragging. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I quite like the fact it doesn't make much sense. <laughs> <laughs> he puts on the glasses. He sees these aliens. Mm. And he goes on yeah. a killing spree. Yeah. Well, so like, you would the, do, yeah. In the middle of the street. And <laughs> he's blown away two police officers and no one cares. Yeah. Well, it's America, so... Yeah, yeah, then runs into a bank by accident and then does that immortal line. Starts shooting people in the bank, too. (laughs) Goes on this killing spree and just gets away. Yeah, just (laughs) scot-free. Yeah, Yeah. gets away with it. It's an annoying film. (laughs) I didn't enjoy it at all, apart from that one line. (laughs) And and then you've got, as you say, the Meg Foster, is it? character yeah. you immediately suspect her because once she's working for a uh, media corporation and mm. clearly every media is involved mm. here oh yes. yeah everything every publication every tv channel every billboard is all they're all covered in subliminal messages yeah so a lot of people know about this but they've managed to keep it a secret and then she completely refuses to to believe anything yeah, yeah. okay then we see her at the end clearly, <laughs> clearly the she's in with the hair up don't, don't forget it, the hair up. it wasn't exactly the most subtle of characters <laughs> no, no, no. But then it's not exactly the most, most subtle, subtle of films. films. No, it's not. <laughs> no. I did like the way they... I don't know if you got inspiration back in the 80s. must have been the 80s. Yeah. The famous... Max Headroom oh, yeah, yeah. incident to when whoever it was, I never found who it was, I think, broke into TV channel signals and did their little funny skit. Oh, yeah. And clearly these guys who are hiding in the church are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Trying to get out the truth. But if they just figured out all they had to do was turn off a, a little transmitter on the roof yeah. of this one cable company. Why didn't they just well, go, and know, do it. Much yeah. <laughs> go and do it without raising a you know, raising suspicion of themselves. Yeah, yeah but that would cut that would cut the film in half though, that would <laughs> you know, Is that a, a bad blessing? thing? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of something good to say about it. I really am. Apart from the aliens who yeah, I thought that was a good effect. But I didn't understand. It was all money. I didn't understand what the aliens mm-hmm. hoped to achieve. I think they were terraforming Earth. There was a bit of that. Mm, yeah. there, there was comment about the Earth's environment being changed. Mm-hmm. Or the, yeah. or the oh, was there? Junk I, we're, we're pumping into the atmosphere. I think you'd given up by that point. I think I'd phased out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the general idea being that we're their third world, so they're going to mm. just exploit us in the way that we've been mm. exploiting the third world for cheap labour and stuff like that. <sighs> Okay. It's a long old idea that the one percenters are all aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The David Icke idea of they're all lizards, lizards. aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Lizard people. <laughs> yeah, the royal family and all the presidents and prime ministers are all lizards. Well, some, of, some of them, I would, mm. would say. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone got anything else they'd like to say about this 
steaming pile of excrement. It's clearly very low budget. Yeah, I think it's about three or four million dollars it was made for. Oh, blimey. Which is a, a stark contrast to The Thing. Yeah. Which, okay, limited number of sets and what have you, but the practical effects in that, obviously they spent a lot of money and a lot of time on those practical effects in The Thing. Mm. Whereas here, it's just a sort of rubbish ghoul mask. Yeah. <laughs> and some black and white film to, to make you think things are different. And face But nonetheless, I quite like... The fact they were low budget, and the things got like the PKE meters from Ghostbusters. Oh, yes, yes, yes. communicators. The, the, <laughs> the communicator. those from yeah. Ghostbusters. I think as long as you don't take too many demands from it, just, yeah, just treat it, yeah, as it is, an enjoyable piece of fluff. Um, then you can't go far um, wrong. Uh, I, I have to object to the word Objection, enjoyable. Objection, my lord. Uh, ask for the word enjoyable to be withdrawn and stricken, stricken my honourable friend to apologise immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it is a cantankerous piece of fluff the bit you find in your navel that's probably a bit smelly (laughs) 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 clearly clearly john carpenter had a a political point to make yeah i know he's got on record he he hated reagan and everything he stood for and obviously thatcher too um, in the same mold everything's about making money Mm. treading anybody you have to to get there and which is what he's satirizing effectively here yeah although of course i can understand being somebody in hollywood it it feels a bit disingenuous for him to me (laughs) i think i think john carpenter was hauled over the coals because i think in a lot of people today think um most of the major media corporations are uh, sort of being controlled by uh jews and such and um i think john carpenter sort of hauled was hauled over the coals because that was the message he was implying oh i don't know you'd have to really squint to see that like i said i can understand that and i understand where you're coming on i just would have liked a little bit of story to go along with it <laughs> it reminds me of uh, a role-playing game this sort of antics that we'd get up to in a role-playing oh, yeah, game complete coincidences just run and gun we, we just, yeah the games master having to just uh, put coincidences in the way to make sure the plot moves along <laughs> <laughs> while you all stand there for four hours pointing at a church going Ooh. <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> if you really have to, you can tell us what you think of... Um, I forgot what they're called. They live. They, they live. live. They live. Very odd name. Don't feel you have to write to us, but if you want to... No. Do it via Please show do. at... Staggering. Stories. Dot. Net. Woo-hoo. God. We're never, ever, ever watching that again, OK? Ever. Next time you suggest... I'm going to say, are you sure? Yep. <laughs> that just shout me down. Well, it had Keith David in it. It did, yes. It had a it had a couple of good people in it. Yeah, I know him best from uh, oh, the Mass Effect. Oh yeah, yeah. I was we were, I was looking through his um because we, we wondered if he had any wrestling experience because of the the, uh, the punch no. up, but he doesn't. <laughs> no, doesn't know. No. He did. Yeah, he did, he a, did a lot of Rick and Morty as well. Yeah, he's done a lot of. Uh, didn't he do a bit of Community? Don't know. Seems, seems... I mean, I do remember him from his WWF days. As I say, he used to sort of uh, stride into the ring wearing a kilt and carrying a Union Jack flag of all things. <laughs> Roddy Piper. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. David. Yeah. Oh, he's not particularly British. Let alone no, Scottish. At all. <laughs> Again, um, this is wrestling. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Everything in there is a performance. God. It's a very I mean, good performance, <laughs> and, and it's quite terrible when it goes wrong, but... Well, it can be entertaining. <laughs> well, that's the thing. British and, and uh, also American wrestling, I mean, one of the things you do need for it is an XP card. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it is both well and truly staged and set and... 
uh, oh, manoeuvres. Right. Yeah, but you don't expect the, the wrestler IRS to be a, yeah, to be an actual tax collector. <laughs> right after that, um, well, <laughs> we call it a film. We're on to something much more pleasant. <sighs> it's time for the Doctor Who segment of the mm-hmm. podcast. Pause oh. for music. Right, we've been back on Big Finish Boulevard, and this time it's the Mighty McGann and Stranded Part 2. Yeah. The Doctor as Rigsby from Rising Damp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, where's it gone? Hang on, you made notes, you've lost your notes. I've lost my notes. (laughs) Is that your notes? That's my dragon. (laughs) I made notes and everything. It's double sided. Yeah, look, two lots of notes. Uh, Where did we leave Stranded 1? Well, um, the the TARDIS was just beginning to reactivate itself after being shut down for Mm. unspecified reasons. Mm, Maybe the previous box set. Yeah. The Doc, Liv and Helen are basically, they they own a house on Baker Street. They're running a boarding house. Yep. Yep. And that is one of the things I liked about Stranded (laughs) and continue to like about Stranded 2 is all the various people who live in the boarding house are well-rounded characters. Because mm-hmm. we've complained in the past that with too many characters, some lose out. But mm. these, yeah, it seems to be a couple yeah. of characters every episode who it's yeah. focused on. But they're, yeah. they're proper well-rounded people. Yeah, there were mysteries laid out in the first one. Who are these people? What What is their secret? They mm. they know more than they should mm. do about the Doctor or what have you. And that does start to get explained in this yeah. second box set. It we, does. We, we get a couple of answers. Not all the yeah. answers, just a couple. Should we, Not we, all of them, though. We should say spoiler music, spoiler music. Sha-la-la-la-la. Sha-la-la-la-la. <laughs> yep. Now, who is this mysterious organisation called Deus Ex? Ooh. That is unknown, because the, the first adventure... Uh, the Doctor takes the TARDIS on a, a test flight. Though she spin around the block. Yeah, now. she isn't properly fixed, so she's only moving in time and not in space. Mm, not in we, space, We have yeah. the whole uh, time machine thing, don't we, where they can see... Mm. Oh, the yes! Walls, the walls are transparent. On the inside. On the inside. And we have this whole time machine effect where they see the sun going round, the moon mm. coming up, yep. and yeah. time mm-hmm. going very, very quickly. <laughs> was that necessary? That was me going very I quickly. I know, but was it necessary? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, it was. To the plot. <laughs> and they end up on the pl- in Baker Street on Earth, though millions, if not billions of years in the future. The Earth has mm. been abandoned at this point. Mm. Yep. By the looks of it. Yep. The idea being that some robots are left behind to get the Earth back in order for humans to yes. come back and live there again. And yes. the humans never came back. It's kind of oh, sad, so far, anyway. bit. Yeah. What was the name of the boy who stowed away on the Atari? Robin. 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 Robin, who's played by Peter Davison's son, Joel. Oh, I did wonder and his name was Davison. deserves Davison's. a good clout. <laughs> not not Peter Davison. He can't touch things that he wasn't supposed to touch. Robin. Robin deserves Robin. a good clout. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Robin, yeah, when Robin's somebody tells a... you not to touch something, you don't touch it. Exactly. He's a bit of a brat. He's a spoiled brat. I know mm. things have been hard yeah. for him, and his parents have told him he's got to move. They got to move with his dad's job, but he's in a time machine, and he's a brat. 
Helen's meant to be looking after him, poor cow. And he basically <laughs> mm. touches lots of well, buttons and runs away. First, it needs to be pointed out that he actually stows away aboard the TARDIS. Yes, mm. yes. Seeks in when Andy comes in. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's but... like a bit like Adric, but with much more presence of character. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't keep putting his so hands much. in his pockets when he gets mm. emotional. Well, if he does, we don't see it. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I feel the first part, this first one, Dead Time, was probably mm. the weakest of the four. Yeah. Mm, Not much happens, really. It's all the setup. Yeah. For me, this episode and the last episode, which we will come to later, obviously, (laughs) is more of an episode two. It's sort of setting, putting things in motion, setting things up. Yeah. Whereas the middle two episodes were both excellent. Oh, yeah. But for different reasons. Mm, The second one, I think, was my favourite. Yeah. It was unit dating. Yep. <laughs> and we got the you're out the old couple. Was it Ron and Tony? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And we find out their secrets. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Remember spoiler music? Yeah, I, did, I, did, yeah, I did enjoy this one. It was quite a sweet story, actually. It was, wasn't it? Basically, they both work for unit in different yeah. respects. Mm, that's right. And, and um, then you were John Pertwee's doctor. They did. The um, brigadier proves himself to be a thoroughly decent chap in this one. Well, so mm. watch, looking at the cover, it does have a b- picture of uh, a young brigadier in it. And knowing how it left it last uh, box set, I wondered how the brig was going to be in it because they are stranded in 2020. And according to Who history, the brig passed away in 2011. Yeah, but now we know mm. this but, is yeah. the 70s or 80s. Yeah, they... they <laughs> Pop back to the 70s. There is oh, a wonderful sequence in this. It's pretty much the whole episode where you've got Sergeant Andy, an mm-hmm. Ogron, <laughs> the Brigadier, yeah. Tony and Ron, oh, yes. and a time loop. Yeah. yeah. And it did, was it was very Groundhog Day. Yeah. It, it really, and they do reference it. Yeah. They do, mm. they do. It, but it was it was a lot of fun, the poor Ogron. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I had flashbacks to Zathras with the Ogron. Oh, the way he spoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Ogron just wanted to go home and he was caught in the loop as well, so he was aware yep. of what was happening. But that, yeah. yeah, that was a, that was a good character episode. Yeah. Didn't make Unit look like idiots. More funny bits involving Sergeant Andy being Joe Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He didn't know who Joe Grant was, or he assumed Joseph yeah. Grant. Yeah. Joseph yeah. Grant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, this is the first time I've heard um, John Coleshaw uh, take off uh, Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Yeah. And oh, right, I, yeah. I must say, I mean, I was very impressed by him. He, he, the, uh, he is very he good. I'll give he him did. that. He's very good. Yeah, and we, good. we learned something about Helen's past. Oh, this, yes. So mm. sad about yeah. her brother, yeah, who, seemed, who was born. 20 years mm. before it would mm. have been nice for him yeah yeah i'm not sure i was particularly aware of when she came from but this one really made it very clear yeah she lived through the war yes yeah. world the, war Two. yeah mm-hmm. the first time <laughs> yeah which comes up in the next episode it mm. does i got the impression she was from the future because she referred to herself as a med tech no, no that's, that's Liv. No, no, that's, that's, that's Liv Chenka. Liv Chenka's oh, from the distant future helen's from all right the 40s yeah. Mm-hmm. So Livchenko's from Keldor City. Yeah. The, mm. the uh, Robots of Death. Robots of Death. Bok robots. That's mm-hmm. what she yeah. used. So that stuff. Yeah. yeah. That much I did know. But uh, yeah. Of course, and um, episode two still the um, theme that's running through it all is that one of the old gents. It's as if he's, Tony. he's developing Alzheimer's, Tony's yeah. developing yeah. Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's yeah. and it's mm. ever so sad. It was such a good episode. Mm. 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 Yeah. It would have been a good episode on its own, I think, without having to be part of it's, something else. It's a for who, uh, certainly for classic who, which is this is meant to be set in or right. meant to reflect. Yeah. It's a very emotional 
story, I yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah. And they did the thing where Liv and uh, Helen are in 2020 still. Yeah. Mm. They're mm. feeling the effects of the time loop happening in the 1970s, 80s, whatever it's meant to be. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's what's affecting the memory of yeah, because to- Tony. Yeah, because yeah. Tony's also sort of in the centre of this loop or it's physically a part of it. Each time they circle back, you're seeing his repercussions mm. in 2020. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. sure about the sending Morse code to the past via a radio, but, you know, what the hell, let's... Um, <laughs> we'll just, just use our imagination a, a bit there. The time. Yeah, they, yeah. they had to have sort of something for them to do except for react to Tony. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it, it was their song. Yeah. And that was the main it thing. That was. was. Yeah. It's so sweet. <laughs> Episode three was set during World War Two. Baker Street Irregulars. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And this one we learn... More about oh, I've forgotten their names. The actor is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. Aisha yep. and Zakia. The actor sisters. Yeah, yep. as uh, we thought. <laughs> I mean, spoiling this music, could have spoiling been a classic music, la, 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 la. This was a bit EastEnders at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the Slater Girls all over again. <laughs> oh really? Okay. I'll take your word for it. It was. He's yeah, not biting. <laughs> this one is. Um, it's all about family. Um, it's all about relationships. You got Liv and, and Tanya at the beginning. Yeah. Tanya wants to get a cat. Oh yes, um, oh, yeah. Liv yes. definitely doesn't seem to want to do domestic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they're not getting a cat, but they find a cat, <laughs> quite an important <laughs> cat. cat. Yeah, Cats well, it them. finds them. Yeah, and so you wonder if Liv doesn't want to get too domestic because she knows she's going to be moving on. Yeah, yeah. expect so. Yeah. Or yeah. thinks she's going, she's going to, to be, be moving, moving on. on. Yeah. So this is all about unexploded bombs, so they think, in 2020. Mm. Yes. Which turns out not to be quite that. Mm. Yeah, well, we, we have the um, added mystery of who was the team who came to, mm. in 2020, who was yes. the team that set up and came to defuse these supposed mm-hmm. unexploded bombs. Yeah. Because they weren't bomb squad, they, no, weren't they weren't unit, they weren't... This, we don't know who they were. Now, it could have been completely inconsequential but it did oh, seem no, to no, no. it did seem to come across as a bit of a mystery to me like or, who was or the, there could be a major pivotal point in a yeah. future episode who, who was yep. the guy Spend who was chasing set. chasing tanya into yeah. the police and box and they ran into the wall <laughs> yeah and then ran into <laughs> yeah. the police box don't know yeah because they make a point in this one of saying that torchwood is gone yes yeah mm, yeah yeah it's, so. it's, it's revealed but still, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if some of the Torchwood team making appearance in the next box set. Yeah. Maybe freelancing a bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it turned out to be them. Yeah. Maybe it turned out to be the Doctor, having gone back in time and... <laughs> Maybe. You never know. Now, episode mm. four is about mm. consequences, really. Yeah. Again, this... I've... I thought this was the weakest of the uh, four. Yeah, they, uh, uh, yeah I this, the between this and the first. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, 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 as I said at the beginning, this and the first episode come across as more of a, an episode tour, yeah. as in things are being moved into place. This bookends. Mm. Yeah. Basically, our, our heroes have been captured dun, dun, dun. at some point in the future and are being interrogated by a nasty lady. A very mm. nasty lady. We don't like her at all. Yeah, it's basically a series of interviews, police-style interviews. Mm. Yeah. Or interrogations, as, as Americans call them. Had the curator feeding the pigeons. Yeah. 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 Now, I, I, I'm in, intrigued because on the, um, uh, the first box set, I got the impression because the timelines had been changed in some way, the curator technically no longer existed. The first time you hear him, he seems to be in Helen's dream. 
because it's a, okay. It's a it's mm. the both you have Helen and curator sitting at a bench. You then have Hel- uh, the curator and the little girl sitting, sitting on a bench. On, yeah. Sitting on mm. a bench. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he he wasn't erased from time. I think that's just left ambiguously, yeah. and it turns out that it wasn't the case. But that is the power of the curator. Yeah, and it's just saying it's things sort of beginning to switch back. Now, I think they were just worried Tom Baker might die. <laughs> Possibly. Given they're, they're recording these fairly close to, to publication yeah. compared to the Tom Baker series, which they've got loads in the can. And they're yeah. going to feel this is, very this is silly recorded when they realise he's immortal. <laughs> <laughs> very silly. I don't see why they're worried. I mean, they've got John Coleshaw on the books. They've used him before <laughs> as Tom Baker. Yeah, well, in, <laughs> ten years' time, it's going to be John Coleshaw talking to himself in a variety of different voices. <laughs> yeah, I did note... Yeah. I did notice with the uh, with this one a nice callback to the Hornet's Nest. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I've I've just re-listened to the Hornet's Nest because mm-hmm. I was seeing if it transferred properly. And in this one, when he's talking to the little girl, he does ask whether she's a midget because he had a little bit of trouble not a while ago with a midget in Vienna, which is one mm-hmm. of the Hornet Nest uh, oh, stories. Okay. It's midget. I, I, I thought say. that was a bit non-PC now, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for, a, for a 12-year-old girl, she's sounding very adult. I mean, <laughs> uh, she, yeah, I think she was played by an adult. <laughs> mm, yeah. Ignoring that. I mean, I think this episode is very much one of cause and effect. I mean, because yeah. um, at the very end, I think one of the characters sort of, you know, sort of sets the seed of her sort of you know why she you know why she sits on that street corner watching you know watching for the TARDIS to appear and such yeah see I don't know if um what happens at the end I mean what ha- happens right at the end is it turns out that there's an extra there's a new baddie in town dun, and dun, dun. Yeah, it wasn't someone we were expecting dun 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 no. but before <laughs> but before that we had the um talking to the little girl yeah Liv thing. goes up to and I wonder the if they haven't mm. just set their own yeah. future in motion and they didn't fix it That's at all by thinking, doing yeah. that yeah I don't know because the implication was that she changed history by talking to her. She said they never spoke to her. No, she said they never spoke to me, not really. Oh, d- yeah. oh OK. Yeah, because so, when, when Liv walks away, she's calling after her. She's, you can't she's leave saying, it like you this. can't leave it like this, what's happening? Mm, so, yeah. yeah okay. I do wonder if they've just... Yeah. Bootstrap. Yeah, exactly. Certainly the events of the first episode in this box set uh, played out here. I did wonder the events of that had they just forgotten it there's an implication one of the characters was altered yeah yeah, yeah. but then nothing more was said of it yeah dun, dun, dun. but then it does come back a bit it here does. like the first Stranded this was just so enjoyable oh yeah I wasn't sure when learning what the first Stranded was about I wasn't sure how good it would be given it's uh, well Stranded <laughs> on Earth but they've yeah, been absolutely yeah. excellent mm. the cast have performed brilliantly all of them. Mm. Really yeah. good. Taking even this one was recorded in lockdown as well. Yeah. I yeah. assume the first one wasn't. It just missed it. But it, yeah. uh, the, the new characters have shaken up the format, but without actually dominating it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, and episode three has got a wonderful love story. It's, and, and I just know someone spent his entire life thoroughly under the thumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a three... Two and three excellent episodes. One and four bookends. Uh, one and uh, one and four watchable, passable, but the 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 gems are two and three. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I'd say one, two, and three, and uh, episode four is a bit. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know. I quite liked what they were trying to do with episode four. It was written knowing they were recording remotely, so every scene was a two-hander. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's never more than mm. two characters in any scene mm. in that final. Yeah, that's true, yeah. It's quite an interesting way to go. Okay, well, as always, see much happier voice here. Yeah. We yeah. would like to know what you think of Stranded 2. Yeah. We've just spoiled it all for you, but, you know, you were warned mm. with the spoiler music. But do listen to it and then write to us via show at Staggering Stories dot net. Do, do you know, during that re- um, summing up, you're actually smiling. You wasn't sitting there pulling your hair out. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. I will listen to that one again. <laughs> Right, no feedback this time, chaps. No, no unfortunately not. So unfortunate. We'd love Please to hear to from us. you. Please, we're such lonely people. You've got me. <laughs> we're such lonely people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, lead us out, crumbly. Oh, hang on. <gasps> but do you know who does talk to us, though? Well, shout as well. Bark orders well, at us. Telepathically, yeah. He's uh, behind Adam's He's in shoulder. The corner. Yeah. Oh. Looming ominously. One, yes. two, three. Hello. Hello, head, head of Pertwee. We might um, get to see you soon. One. We will. And happy birthday, Cardboard Clara. Oh, yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> Loving She's kisses. She's looking very orange over there. <laughs> yep. A natural uh, glow. <laughs> Hello, Graham, Dangerous Churchill. We haven't seen you in. More than a year. Mm. Terence. Terence! Have you yes, almost yes, forgotten? Terence. Terence. Yes. Terence. Mm. Moomin. And everything else. Yes. Yep, the entire menagerie. Lead us out crumbly. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Ooh, another oh. brief one. But never fear, in the next one there'll be more of the same. Mm. More fun, frivolity and jollity. More news and reviews. More who old and new. So until that... S for Stranded. Soggy. Saccharine. <laughs> Situation comedy. Splendiferous. Salubrous. Sausage. <laughs> Comes slithering. Sexily. <laughs> Soggily. Towards us. <laughs> this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Farewell. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories Podcast, Series 1, Number 366, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this is an El Presidente and Fake Keith production for www.staggeringstories.net. Now, where's my tea? I did describe it at work, though. Is my uh, my last holiday was in Florida, so it was a question of: Will we get to the observatory? Are we going to get down to the tar pits? Will we see Universal <laughs> Studio tour? This one, the high spot is: Will we get into town and have a Greg sausage roll and cup of coffee? Oh, <laughs> that was a good day. That was, that was that a was. good day. <laughs> <laughs> A gang war from from Croydon that come down to Crawley to fight. Yeah. And the time before that, it was a, a bank's job from Catford yeah, that, that come was, down that to Crawley to do the job. That was when they went oh. through the level crossing at full speed when the barriers were down. It was like being in oh, the Sweeney. <laughs> two gangs came down from Croydon to have two, a fight. To have a fight, two yeah. Gang, two <laughs> Croydon so it a day gangs. out for them? Yeah. I think they just <laughs> a nice change of scenery. Yeah. <laughs> they thought they'd go to the forest first, the lakes, mm-hmm. take yep. in the mm-hmm. view, and then yeah, kick the camp- snot out of each mouth. other in yeah. Queen Square. <laughs> yeah, then, then have a rumble in Queen Square. Oh. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Stranded wow. or we got They Live? Oh, can we do They Live, please? You want to get that out of the system. Want to get that out of the way and then we can do Stranded 2 and be mm-hmm. happy. <laughs> OK, OK. I'd have lost the world to live. <laughs> After that. Yeah, yeah. And you kept on putting it off. What? We can't watch it tonight. I've got a meeting. OK, tomorrow night. Yep, yep. Can't watch it tonight. I've got a meeting. Yeah, it was a busy old week. So you say, you were yeah. up here. I saw you. You were up here giggling, eating ice cream and watching <laughs> YouTube. Yeah, where the meeting was. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, do you think I like watching middle-aged men and women go, well, actually, I think policy number CN4 clearly states... <laughs> you have no authority here. <laughs> he quit. The chairman of Hanforth Car- Parish Council has quit. Did he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. That's funny. Yep. Uh... Hold on, we've got a technical problem here. Uh-oh. Oh, Andy's frozen. Oh, no! Andy! Andy, Andy talk to us! <laughs> Is he actually frozen in real life? <laughs> is that what he's yeah, like? Yeah, <laughs> he's sitting there paralysed. <laughs> oh, poor Andy. Oh, my God, he's turned into a bookcase. <laughs> There's a dead stormtrooper there. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the dead stormtroopers? I do. Yeah. When we get to go back, I'm going to cuddle him <laughs> and cuddle the um, C-3PO. I'm going to go and touch all his stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just gonna, just gonna wander. Look, look. There's the microphones we used to use. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do we have any letters? I don't know. No, no feedback. Mm. I think you might get some feedback from Tim. Why? Because he loves they live. Oh Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should also vitally important while I remember it. We should wish Gemma, Jenna Coleman a happy birthday. Because she's a fine actress and Clara was <laughs> a brilliant character who we all enjoyed. And mm-hmm. she was 35, I think. Blimey. Yes, Is that 55? No, no. <laughs> 35. Gillen's <laughs> 55. 